You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 197th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt, Deep State Allen, just planning a false flag attack in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, <laughs> where I'm trying to ignore what little guy said, because you guys, I've got a little bit of a of a spring in my step today. Oh, uh, did you get some of those shoes with the springs got, so they tone your tone your calves and your butt so I'm, you'll be like you look good on the bike? I feel like uh I feel like, you know, we've we've sprung forward. Like we've leapt forward recently. Oh, we did. Uh daylight savings time happened fairly recently. Well, there's that. I also feel like it's okay. I feel like it's there's some springing that has happened like it just in general. Hmm. Hmm. Do you get a new derailleur? Uh, I feel like maybe. Did you have to? Re- did you have to replace the shocks on your car? Well, oh yeah, maybe you got some new springs in the back. Probably need to, but I, I didn't. I didn't do that. Um, it is a Volkswagen. Yeah. Well, you got all those bikes hanging off the back. Well, Spencer, why do you have a spring in your step? I, I obviously can't guess it. Well, today, you guys, is the first day of spring. And as we all know, ah. that, that is when road season actually starts um, for the year. Really? Yeah. We I think we have said multiple times that road season starts on this podcast now. Well. Uh, on Umloop. Yeah, and then it started in Milan San Remo, and now it starts on the calendar day, Spencer? Right, yeah. On the solstice? Equinox. Yeah. Which one is it? Aren't you... Little guy, you're... Aren't you up there... As our resident hippie, is it the solstice yeah. or the equinox uh, today? Uh, did equinox, you do Did I you think. do a seance or anything in the backyard? No. Okay, so then it's equinox. It's equinox. I did my breathing exercises <laughs> and I burned the sage and I scrubbed the room. Okay. Um, but that's... Did you have a killer drum circle? That's, yeah, that's every morning. Me and Elder... <laughs> Doing our sweet jump circle. Um, I don't know. Spencer, aren't you supposed to get like a thousand inches of snow tomorrow up there in spring in Boston? They're closing the schools. They're going to get rid of the subway. You're going to have to resort to fat bikes, I assume, uh, for uh, transportation. Funny you mention that, but yeah, actually we are. Um, like uh, Spring. Well, fat bikes are for any season, not just winter anymore. Um that's true. I'm going to petition to get Fat Bike Nationals in Boston uh, for April uh, of next year, I'm thinking. Um, maybe 2020. Actually, I'm going to push it out to 2020. Since we didn't get the Olympics here, I'm thinking we need something to really bring the city together to unite the people. And Fat Bike Nationals uh, could be it. Yeah, it definitely would be. Now, what kind so, of car do you think you'd use well, to get to Fat Bike Nationals? That, and see, that's important. That's why I want to have it in spring, not in winter. Because if you have it in winter, there's no you're not going to be driving anywhere in Boston because everyone's got their space savers out and they they've shoveled out their spot 
And you can't park anywhere, uh, so otherwise you I get see. your car uh, keyed up and stuff. So. <laughs> see, <laughs> well, did you guys see the sweet email we did get from uh, Andrew Amy in the uh, in the Slow Ride Podcast Gmail account, no. Spencer? Because this almost it's, answers the question. It does. It's great. On and the 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 exact wording is the Bavarian Autosport catalog showed up in the mail ah. today. And what's that on the cover? Now, little guy, you're going to have to tell me exactly what kind of BMW this I don't is. Know. It's a- because all I can see yeah. is the sweet fat bike that's included <laughs> on the roof of a BMW. I, which, oh boy. I mean. I assume it's an M3 or 4. I don't remember. They messed it all up with their number, their numerations. Now, but, you know, it's, it's now one this of those. Is, well, I think we can ones. figure out if it's, a, if it's an M3 or something nicer by the level of fat bike that's on the roof. Can we, can we see what it is? Uh, I didn't check it that closely. I'm assuming it's a salsa bear grease or something. Okay, yeah, suck. No, it looks it looks to me like a niner. Oh, that makes that sense. Be, niners are okay. niners are aesthetically pretty slick. That could be an M5. So let's go M5 on that one. So what's impressive though? That is the Bavarian Autosport catalog is the essential catalog for BMW and Mini enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. So um, there you have it. I think that a fat bike on top of a BMW is more aesthetically pleasing than any other kind of car so, it could be on. Um, definitely better than a Mini. Uh, I think it would be better on a Mini. This was an actual physical catalog that showed up in your mail with a M5, the fat bike on, on the cover on one side. I imagine you could flip it over and there's like a reverse cover on the other side with the Mini catalog kind of going in the backwards <laughs> direction. What what bike would be on top of the mini on that side? Oh, I thought you were right? going to say that there's a fat bike with a mini on top of the fat bike. Oh, that would be cool. Like it would literally be a complete reversal. Oh, uh, <laughs> I think I think the only bike that belongs on top of a mini would be a BMX Cruiser, maybe a Haro with a okay. number plate. Oh I yeah, think that'd be with the awesome. flip upside down rack system going on. So, yeah, you're living yeah. for speed, like, you know. <laughs> total, you know, small yeah, bike yeah, syndrome, yeah. small car thing. I like it. Wait, so when you have a small bike, it's a syndrome, but when you have a small car, it's a thing? Well, sometimes, little guy, when you're on a podcast, you just talk fast and, like, just put things out, <laughs> okay, and you don't okay. necessarily need I to I just wanted to make sure to you're saying. there wasn't something I didn't know and about. And you kind of hope okay. that the listeners aren't either. <laughs> Before we get into the show and really start it off, can oh, I just ask start? you guys an advice question? Yeah, sure. Can I just ask you an advice question here? Um, so, Sarah and I went out with uh, Little Highmar to... Uh, the Magic Kingdom yesterday, <laughs> Disney World. You know, it's the epicenter for tourists coming into Orlando. Yeah, it's the and we're waiting for our center. seat. We're 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 sitting waiting for our seat for the um the restaurant, and there's a gentleman sitting next to me, and he's wearing a hat, and the hat says American Cycling Classic, which I'm pretty sure is like that Colorado stage race that used to be the Quiznos stage race, then the Pro Cycling Challenge or whatever. It's got like numerous okay, names, probably, right? Yeah. And it, I'm sitting next to this guy for a while. His kids seemed all right, um, and his, his wife seemed nice, you know, kind of like, gay. Okay, we're all at Disney, and uh, there wasn't any small talk or anything. It was kind of awkwardly quiet. So finally, he's wearing shorts, and I see he's got his legs shaped. Nice. So then I say, oh, do you do a lot of riding? And then he's like, well, yeah, yes, I do. And then his wife's like, how do you know he rides bikes? And I say, because he shaved his legs. I didn't key in the fact that because he's wearing a, you know, who else would actually be wearing a Colorado cycling Uh challenge hat? Mm -hmm. And then it got even more awkward than the silence, the fact that I was looking at her husband's legs. And then he's like, I don't know if I could live here in Florida and do any riding because it's so flat, which is kind of like 
the most elite thing you could say if you live in Colorado yeah. or, you know, this guy. So I was like, oh, you're from Colorado, huh? Like, like what a very uh, rude thing. What a very bougie thing to say to a guy from bougie Florida. Mountains. And then he goes, no, I'm from St. Louis. Oh, And I was burn. like, oh, really? <laughs> Do you enjoy riding the bluffs of the Mississippi? <laughs> and um, then he was like, oh, no. You know, we talked a little bit more and then uh, the then he left. But anyways... <laughs> Was that the most awkward thing I could have said to the guy in front of his wife? Like, hey, do you ride a lot because his legs were shaped? I mean, I think you probably should have mentioned the legs and the hat to not feel like a weirdo. I mean, I kind of wanted to feel like a weirdo. Uh, well, that's, that's you fine. Know. I mean, you succeeded. I feel like I guess. I you, feel, felt, you felt uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel like you could have uh, easily responded with, well, he has a cat too tan. So I just figured. Yeah. <laughs> or a cat three tan. Uh, yeah. And then, and then the guy proceeded to tell me, Oh, I haven't been riding that much out on the road nice. anymore because I'm just riding on Zwift. Oh, solid. He became one of yeah, yeah. He was like, mm. yeah. I think Zwift is ruining per, like road riding. Oh, yeah. and riding in general. I think rather than asking him if he rides, like when you see another uh, fellow with shaved legs and and a cap on like that, you should just put your hand out and say Cat Three or whatever. You know, just just. <laughs> identify as your your you know your designation your ranking and see what they say back they throw their hand out and go well, elite cat one or elite cat four i'm still gonna say i'm still gonna say cat two because i still get a usa cycling license just for the fact that i well i did because i had that on the track yeah, yeah. right you, I was, <laughs> yeah you still got it right you still got that power yeah yeah anyways guys big weekend of bike racing let's kick it off oh, with yeah, the next stop of the women's world tour with the trofeo alfreda binda mm-hmm. Once again in Italy, another point-to-point race, 130k long. The winner was Katarina Niwadoma of Canyon Tram, crushing it, winning. Yes, yes, absolutely yeah. been crushing it. Won by 23 seconds off of uh, over Chantel Block and Marianne Voss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know me; I always got to look to see how uh, Cervella Bigla was doing. And Cecil Ludwig comes in seventh place for the squad. And in this. Cycling uh, women's equivalent, I, w- I would hope, almost to a cycling monument because this has been going on for 20 years now for the women. 16th place was Sophie DeVost, who just barely beat out Corinne, Revere, Corinne Rivera, who got 15th place. Just barely. Slaying it. <laughs> you think after all these years of Corinne Rivera beating us in bike races, literally beating us in bike races, I would get the name correct. But it's great to see. Her out there once again in the Women's World Tour. So it is here. Were you guys able to catch any of this race or anything? I haven't had a chance yet. I just saw the results. So I have meaning to. I didn't see any uh, any footage. I, did, I haven't gone searching the highlights. But I I was able to follow the race amazingly well on the Twitter. Uh, because the race and the UCI account, uh, UCI Women's World Tour account, and yes. the Vox Women's account, all three were just tweeting all about the race all the time and keeping me informed. And it was really, really well done. Like I felt like I was there. I'd recommend that that women's world tour um, or the UCI women's account has definitely stepped up the game um, lately. Maybe this is a benefit or a benefit of the new presidency. I don't know, but there's definitely been an improvement. We're continuing to see good things. So um, I've only been able to watch a little bit of it. Of course, the, the main story besides uh, Niwa Doma's uh, win, and apologies if I'm uh, pronouncing that name wrong, but I think I'm slaying I'm it. Sure you're getting is it uh, <laughs> it's a tough name. PFP in sixth place, straight off of 
you know, racing at the Mountain Bike World Cup in South Africa two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, Jet yeah. Setter, um, it's no wonder why she's a multi-time world champion in multi-disciplines. Um, and then on the day before, on Saturday, was the one of the six monuments of cycling. Of course, we're talking about Milan San Remo in Italy. And uh, the King of Kings takes the victory. Of course, I'm talking about Vincenzo Nibali <laughs> with a dominating attack from about two kilometers from the peak of the Poggio. Um, and slays all comers. I, I don't know what to say other than that he got on the wheel of the Israel Cycling Academy. Um, was that Lithu- Latvian champion? Latvian champ, yeah. Um, and then proceeds to have 11 seconds over the top of the Poggio. And I will say it now. I got a couple of tweets, got a couple of DMs from the people out there mm-hmm. that there were, in fact, a fair amount of people on the there descent of the Poggio. Although no, one was, although no one was dancing in their banana. But I like to think that people were watching on their TV in their garages and they came out to see Navali who had just attacked just a moment before because what a thing of beauty and little guy I was blowing up your phone you were. and you weren't even watching well I I had to go help my grandparents on Saturday morning pardon me for being a, a, a decent grandson so no I actually didn't get to watch the race until 12 hours after it happened I had to brush you off I had to see Spencer and immediately tell him don't talk to me about the race um, it was really hard, but I was able to watch the last 40-some K not knowing what was going to happen. But you spent so much time telling me it was the most epic finish of Milan Syndrome ever that it was – I was going to tell my grandchildren about it that I, 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 I knew it couldn't be a sprint finish. I knew something – so when Nibali went and he got the gap over the top, I was like, well, he must win. Otherwise, Tim is trolling me so hard, and I'm going to be so mad at him if this comes <laughs> just down to a, a bunch sprint. Um it, that would be a pretty good troll. Oh, like it was like, oh, Sagan. And then it was just it was just a sixty rider gallop to the end. No, it was a, it was great. It was I'm glad it finally worked for Nabali. He's been trying that move for years. It was exciting. So you thought I was trolling you? I did. A little bit. <laughs> That's fair. I mean did, were you worried were you worried that Basa was put or uh, Nabali was posting up a little too soon? I was I was, yes. That's true. I almost forgot. Definitely uh, I thought for a while, I thought, okay, he's going to win. This is epic. We haven't had a solo finish in so long. And then when he posted up early, I thought, oh, no. Uh, Tim says this is going to be the most epic finish <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. And he he still made it. And he made that photo look great. I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, he maybe did a little early. It was a little scary. But it makes the photo look amazing. He's so casual. And the field is just roaring up behind him. And they just like pass him and swarm around him because they're carrying so much more speed. It's great. It was great. Yeah. It, it was awesome. It was great. I, I loved absolutely every every moment of it. I love that race. You guys know this. I, I got to uh, watch the race from about right when they were on the the, the, the base of the Tripressa. Um, and then Twitter was uh, blowing up. I, uh, I had to go on the dark webs to find it. I was, however, on the beach in South Florida, so it was, uh, it was great. I was in a cabana, what? you know, <clears throat> guys running around uh, with uh, giant uh, umbrellas to put in the sand to keep people in the shade, and, and I just got to hang out and watch some bike racing, okay. so it was great. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that was the saddest of all... connection on the beach? <clears throat> you had to use a hotspot okay. on my right. phone, right. um, but... Uh, it's worth it. I got to say... That Mark Cavendish crash oh. was perhaps the ugliest and 
most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. And the reason I will say beautiful is that that crash was horrible. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, any professional racer, not even TJ Van Garderen. But <laughs> Cavendish hit that post so fast and the full rotation head over heels endo yeah. that it was actually a good way to land on that crash because he actually like landed on his butt yeah. or like lower back in that – I know. I believe I read that he broke another rib or bruised another yeah, rib. Yeah, which is nothing considering like, what happened. But can you imagine if he landed on his face or something? I mean, that would have just been catastrophic. Like so, like it's almost there's beauty in the tragedy of that crash. He has had such bad luck. I want him to be successful, and one of the reasons I want him to be successful is that it's such a small team. Dimension Data is kind of like the the little mm-hmm. engine that could. It's the it's the education first of old, as far as I'm concerned. That I want to see Cavendish get them some wins and. You know what? He didn't bow out the way that Michael Matthew, Bling Matthews did at um, Umloop or whatever, right? Like, I mean, he showed up with a broken rib, and he was up there to put himself at the base of the Poggio where it mattered, and then he crashed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Michael Matthews' defense, and I know I don't do this often, uh, but he, he did injure himself very recently, and he did just show up to Milan San Remo and get seventh, I believe. So that's kind of... That's you know that's kind of not nothing to sneeze at, <laughs> being that he was injured very recently, coming back. Um, wow, are you just throwing shade on Mark Cavendish? No, no, I'm not throwing I feel bad about Mark Cavendish, and I feel bad about Greipel because Greipel looked really good, um, and he crashed. I think going down the Poggio with so, somebody else, and that's that's two sprinters that are yeah. out now for a while. Probably, um, it's getting thinned out. The the old guard of sprinters taking their licks. That's steep. I mean. You never want to see anybody crash, obviously. Um, but these guys, like Cav and Greipel, aren't going to be uh, big uh, Flanders guys or Paris-Roubaix guys. Or, uh, but or we Fletch always get Wallone the Greipel guys. attack at Flanders. Well, and it's and it's always just it's enough of a little chance, just the smallest little kernel of it could happen. happen. Right. And he's, you know, I mean, an, I, I know it's not optimist. the end of the world. He, he'll be fine for the tour. Yes. But, and, that, and that's the big that's the big deal for both yeah. those guys. They'll it's, both be fine. They'll be fine for the tour. They'll have time to be in shape and going well. And, uh, yeah. and you know, obviously, again, you don't want to see it happen, so, but it's not going to it's not going to ruin their year. It's just going to be an no. annoyance for sure and a setback. But I just felt like for Gripo that maybe I mean, obviously, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have got the group back. And I don't think he would have ewan for second in the sprint but it kind of seemed like until he fell down that there's a chance this was his year or he he was he was racing really well he was fighting at the front for position uh, i i was hopeful I mean, you know but you know yeah who knows well there's so many what ifs especially at milan Sanremo. like if somebody would have chased earlier would they caught him blah 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 blah. a million what ifs and it's sort of let's go into in the um Let's go into the standings that matter. Let's talk about some notable results, if you will, real quick. 157th place, Jurich Sagan right. coming in at 1632 down. He, he did um, a ton of work. Following, early, what? Hey, I'm not. Right. I'm saying notable no, result. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I like the guy. Sven Tuft had a uh, decent race, finishing with Taylor Finney 1613 down. Do you guys know who was the top placed American in the race? In Eighty uh, third place. Uh, I have never heard of this guy, so I'm sure that we're going to hear all about it from our <laughs> listeners. Really, you've never the, heard uh, of him? Who? I have never heard of Nielsen Paulus oh. of Team How Lotto Jumbo, who used to be on Axon Hagens Bergman. He uh, finished in eighty third place. Congratulations to him. Um, just right down uh, two fifty six down. But 
Of note, 16th place, Edvald Bosenhagen. That's a good a result. quality 16th place finish. Great to see all the way there. He's been injured, um, too. He had a... What did he have? His pancreas or something? He had what is one of those useless organs? He had one of those taken out over the winter. <laughs> the appendix? Not the appendix. What's the other one? Um, He's had a lot of problems. Let's look at our actual uh, results. Little guy, you picked Julian Alaphilippe to finish in first place. He finished in defense, He ended up in in sprint duty for Viviani, who obviously had track legs and was like, whoa, this is some distance. So So he finished in 35th place. Not a bad choice. Um, Spencer, you had Peter Sagan chosen to be your... Winner, they, he finished in sixth place like overall. Not through. too bad. And then uh, I chose um, car rider extraordinaire Arnaud Dumer of Grupa FDJ, you? who finished in third place. So therefore, I am the yeah. winner of our competition. Yeah. He did. He did um, a good race, and that whole team uh, flew the jumbo jet right to the front, parked <laughs> it, and just boom! Everybody was just in their slipstring the whole race, and it was they did it. They were they rode as a great team. Just so close you know now we did get a couple of tweets during the race mainly uh from katie chancy hits us up guys i'm watching eurosport and they keep saying that milano san remo is the first monument of the season and now i'm confused can you guys help to which uh the slow ride podcast of course responded to say they're in reverse chronological order because the most important one is the last one of the season the japanese cup yeah very good keep keeping it uh, let's see and clear <laughs> yeah so anyways i thought milan san remo was a uh, pretty I awesome race was, and uh, overall yeah a, I, th- I thought it was a pretty amazing race as well and it gave me an idea that i want to introduce um i'm springing this on you guys because it's the first day of spring and we are springing into a new season here <clears throat> on the slow ride and a new uh, a new segment that i like to call the greatest cyclist in the world of the week um okay corner Ooh. yeah it's always a corner good call you almost missed that yeah so the greatest yeah. cyclist in the world this week i think the inaugural honors need to go to vincenzo nabali uh for his victory for the ballsy ride that he had um and i and i don't think you can question that unless you're insane no no uh, no you cannot question that dude valverde I, I won say that's unanimous today. That's, no, that's we'll talk today. about Valverde later, but he's winning them all the time. <laughs> oh, you're right. But okay, okay, okay. The, that was, this was last. Now, Spencer, what constitutes the week of this? Is this just like for each episode of the greatest rider of, is it the greatest rider in the world of the, the week? Greatest, yeah, corner? the greatest cyclist in the world of the week. Corner. Corner. Yes. Okay. I would say it's unanimous. It has to be Vincenzo Nibali. Um Now, we may need to come up with a... A trophy that rivals that of, um, you know, a quality trophy like the Giro d'Italia trophy, the spiral, the infinite spiral, if you, you will. Know, it could be. Um, and it looks like a spring. <laughs> yes. I. Um, so I would say I'm all in on that, Spencer. I, I, this doesn't even need that nominations. I mean, the only other person that may come uh, close to that is Sasha Modelo with a solid 14th place at oh, Milan yeah. and Remo. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, how about we give it up? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my hat in for the for Chris Nealens, the the dude who sparked the attack from Nibali. What? Uh, come on, you got to give him no. some love. If you looked, yeah, we'll give him we'll give him love, but yeah, he's not, right. the not the greatest great. cyclist there, of there the world but I, of the week. And there's no runners okay. up. There's no other accolades. It is the greatest cyclist in the world 
of the week corner. Yeah, I, done. I, I love this new segment. People can always tweet us um, who they think is, uh, hey, we did get one uh, Twitter question that I want to get to right away from Florian, Florian Abrahamson. It says, do you guys just feel annoyed seeing any Skyrider in the Peloton? Is it the ugly kit? <laughs> and I... I don't know if it's the ugly kid. I think the other kid. I think the kid is kid just boring and just kind of meh. Let's just say that. Yeah, but I think it's just Team Sky has now completely jumped the shark in that there's just nothing good to ever come from Team Sky at this point. Well, so you're just kind of so, like, yeah, all right, they, and, which sucks because they have some riders that you want to yeah, like. It's true, and they've got so much working against them. You know, like they they came out and they were kind of this big budget team, like. And you're, you're, most people kind of tend to like root for the underdog or the little guy, you know, and and so it was tough to root for them off the bat. They had Cavendish, they had all these guys, you know, and Froome and and Wiggins and and everybody, and then you start getting into all this weirdness with British cycling, and then you start getting into the weirdness with Wiggins, and then you start getting into weirdness with Froome, and then the kids just you know steady downhill the whole the whole time in their existence and it just makes it tough it's like every year there's one more thing that you're like oh okay i guess i guess this part of it kind of is annoying too and i think maybe we're at peak what's the reverse of a peak sky like a a trough we're in the chasm (laughs) of sky right now i mean is it is there one okay i would say kiwakowski I'm going to put this out there. Hot take. Let me let me tell you, know if you guys think. Mm. Is Kiwakowski the only, re- like, redeeming quality of Team Sky right now? Uh, I know little guy's going to say Yates brothers. Is there even a no. Yates brother on the team <laughs> anymore? There's no okay, Yates so, the team. Okay, so is there anybody else that we're like, all right, I guess I'll kind of like Spanner? them now after Kiwakowski? Um, eh, I, so I think... I think- Spencer's totally right. They're I mean, getting I read worse Garrett worse. Thomas' book. No, I know. I, I think <laughs> at least when they started, they had the whole Grand Tour being a bunch of jerk Grand Tour thing, but at least their Classics team was a little bit underdoggy, you know? Mm-hmm. It was these kind of cast-offs from other teams. You had Fletcher. Yeah. You had Stannard. That's true. You had these guys who were there and nearabouts, but, you know, like when you had Stannard going up against Quick Step, yeah. you actually felt a little like, oh, Sky, underdog, and this is a guy who did not quite at the top, and then he beats him. And, and but they've they've done away with all that goodwill, and it's it's hard to even and dislike kept, like to like their classics team now. Anybody that's lines up next to G- Gianni Moscone, like yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like tainted. And I want I want Kiwakowski off well, the team. Kiwakowski, go to AG Two R. It'd be awesome. Moscone is like the new bad like personality on the team, and before that, it was Peter Kina. You know, like he was yeah. he was no good either. Where's he now? <laughs> I think he went to He's annoying. Bora? I forget where he went. <coughs> Did he? No, I'll have to look this up. Yeah, he he he's he's not fun. But yeah, every year it's it's just something. You're just like, ugh, of course. You know? Like, I don't know. Now before we hit up the uh this week's prem lap and some uh important info that we've got on bike reviews that are coming and some other uh uh Cargo Bike Corner and other great things to discuss. We have to talk real quick. Volta Cataluna is going on right now. Valverde won today. Quick Step won yesterday. But I want to say that one of the things that struck me is how awesome some of the team bikes that look this year with the bold frame colors and uh, bar tape color, or, you know, just the bold frame colors that match the primary jersey. Mm-hmm. 
of the team. As an example, Team Trek with the all red bike. It looks, it's got great pop. It pops out of the Peloton. You're like, oh, it's red. It's Team Trek Sega Fredo. It's very easy to uh, see. Another example, it would be Kaha Rual. Right, like they're they're no longer on the Fujis anymore, really? and now they're on the Derosas, oh, and they have wow. a a bright green Derosa which matches their green jersey, and you're like, okay, that's a very sharp looking kick. It's got a lot of contrast. So I think that Man. that that primary kit bike color looks fantastic, and I put that out there on the uh, the Slow Ride Pod Twitter account, and we quickly got lots of people like, you know, oh, I agree. Lots of favorites, couple retweets, but we did get a couple people. That pointed out how horrible this can go wrong. Like? Right? We had a couple of mentions of the Lotto Jumbo Bianchi Celeste, right? It's just like you have a, a bold bike color that's not black, and it just completely clashes with the jersey of uh, Jumbo, and it's just ugly. And then another example provided by a picture from uh, um, JBV uh, is going to be the Yellow Trek that the Telenet Fidea riders are using because the yellow doesn't match the yellow on the jersey. And so it's like two different yellow Pantones. And when you see it, it's pretty disgusting when it gets pointed out to you. It's kind of like, yeah, I know what you mean. like they have a yellow bike, and then, but it's not the right yellow. It's kind of it's like, like a high vis mm. yellow on the bike. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't match the, yeah. the yellow on the, the, the kit. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a really good uh, point. So I'd be interested in uh, maybe some of your guys' thoughts. My big takeaway from this is a all-black bike that just has the graphics of your brand, notably are the Specialized that I've seen out there that just say Swarks on the side. Mm. Um, I want to I see bright bike colors. I think we're back to the point. Like, let's You don't need to climb it up, but let's oh, see some uh, fancy. What, what do you guys – what's a good-looking bike to you guys right now in the professional peloton? Uh – uh, Treks look all right. I think, I think the canyons always do a really good job. But obviously, we're going to talk about that later. They do a really good job aesthetically. They do. I mean, canyons got the the blue with the movie star. Another one I would say is the factor. Yeah, say Have the you guys factor seen the factor too. for AG two R? That's it's a nice uh, kind of baby blue that matches the blue on the jersey. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't. So I don't know anything about factor. I don't know if they're just totally bite because they seem like they're just biting the canyon. Look, which you know, this very, yeah, the one color and the very simple graphics is kind of the jam now. I don't know these days. Unfortunately for me, uh, in the world tour at the world tour level, there is no representation of just what I consider to be the best looking bike out there. So I don't know if I can play this game. But um, what what do you think is the best looking bike out there? Well, you got no, you got to go to Pro Conti. No matter what year it is, no matter what time, no matter what era, it is time. Time bicycles, uh, always the classy. Okay. They didn't. They yeah. never mess around. It's always black, white, or red, and you just can't go wrong with any of those colors. For fuck's sake, kid! This is Adam fucking Myerson, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, this week on the Prem Lap for the Slow Ride Podcast, we were once again racing for our friends over at healthiq.com slash slowride. It's a place you go to save some money on your life insurance because you're a healthy individual. Go to the website, healthiq.com slash slowride. You've heard it say us countless times, almost 200 times we've had them sponsor the podcast. And... 
They continue to save you money if you're a healthy individual. Upload your Strava, take some quizzes. Before you know it, you're going to save some money, save some bucks. Yep. And yeah. and they've been supporting this Do podcast it. for a long time. Like Tim said, they are a life insurance company and they celebrate the health conscious, uh, including cyclists, which is great for us because that's who listens to this show. Um, so like Tim said, take a, take a gander over healthiq.com slash slow ride to learn a little bit more, get a free quote, check out their FAQs if you have questions. Um, and, and, you know, do yourself a favor, um, uh, learn something and, uh, save some money. I mean, it's as simple as that. And we'd like to thank healthiq.com slash slow ride for once again, sponsoring the podcast, check it out, save some money on your life insurance. We'd also like to thank all of the members and supporters of the wide angle podium network. And those that have downloaded the wide angle podium app on both Android and I iTunes store. Um, thanks for checking it out. Lots of good things of note. Our good friends from Portland, Oregon, we got to hang out, did a live show with Ted King at South by Southwest over this past week. It's a cool. great show. Um, congratulations to them for uh, heading down to Austin and uh, check it out. And thanks to all the Wide Angle Podium uh, members. And we also have some big news coming up very soon. We will be shipping out your Wide Angle Podium kits that are going to be in our possession very soon uh, from the friends at Endura. That's true. I am I am very excited uh, to get these on their way to you. I know you guys have been waiting a while. Um, that's just how it goes, though. And uh, you're going to be happy. They're going to be just in time for spring. Wow. And with that, let's get back to the show. I'm Ellen Noble, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, we do not have any reviews on what? iTunes this week. If anyone wants to leave a review, log into iTunes, give us five stars, give us one star. We'll read it either way. Uh, if you have some jokes you want to have, uh, you know, ask a ask a, a dear family member, uh, you know, to see if maybe they'll carpool with you to the state championships or something. Just do it. Uh, do now, it through the uh, the uh, review process. Tim, do you think we'll read we it on get, there. Do you think we could get people uh, leaving like? I don't know how you would what you would call it, but not subliminal messages, but sort of coded messages for their friends, like in reviews, like they could have conversations back and forth. Do you think we could get yes. that going? I've that could definitely. I mean, I've happen. read some of our reviews, and I'm assuming that's what's already happening. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're it's not always it. exactly. Uh, well, we us. appreciate it when people leave reviews. Oh, so definitely. Check it I out. Love them. Um, let's open up the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com mailbag. Uh, this week we got two, uh, three emails. We already read one about the fat bike on top of BMW, but let's get to Colin Eustace, who hits us up. Is this the first time an ass saver has been involved in a monument victory? <laughs> in a monument victory and a screen grab of uh, Vincenzo Navali descending the Poggio with five and a half kilometers left with the small ass saver fender that attaches to the rails of the saddle, normally rolled up underneath the saddle, coming out. Little guy. Is this the first time one has been used in a monument victory? I, I think it probably is. I was trying to see if when um, Gerald, what, Clark, Clark or whatever his name is, won a few years ago. That was a pretty cold, miserable one. But I don't know if – I don't think he had an ass saver on it and or if they were invented yet. <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> yes, this is the first one. I can't think of any other rainy classics. Can you guys in so recent I, years? No, it's been so long. That's why it was so great. And uh, Strada Bianca. 
Did anybody have a uh, ass saver on their bikes? I did see some. Did uh, I did see some. I know they had the, the weird GPS thing. No, I, but, I definitely saw yeah. some during the race. I don't, but I don't think the podium so, finishers had them. So I think the next logical question is, gentlemen, mm-hmm. when will the UCI ban yeah. the illegal fairing effects yeah. of the ass saver? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> That's probably true. Pro- nobody else has tried to go to the line from the Poggio with an ass saver. Yeah. And nobody has made it and until now. I'm su- so well, I'm, su- I'm surprised Mark Madiat of FDJ <laughs> has not uh, complained to the UCI about oh this one Oh, my yet. God. That's exactly what I was trying to say, but you beat me to it. <laughs> I was like, if one if one person is gonna start this controversy, it's gonna be him, and especially because his rider was so close to the win. I can't believe he- yeah, his rider got third. Well, it's because clearly I mean, we don't read. Nibali. None of us can read French, so it's probably what's going on in the French press right now. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh man, Joe Fra- Joe Fabris emailed us at subject line short tracking. Hey fellas, was listening and lit was riding and listening to the show and heard you ponder about what bike. A rider gets to ride in UCI short track. And this is when we were asking if they could ride drop bar uh, mountain bikes. The answer is they have to use the same bike in the short track that they do in the cross country. So if you choose hardtail in cross country, it's hardtail for short track. Suspension, suspension, you know, the same thing. Word is the team managers and mechanics wanted the rule to help manage equipment while riders wish they could pick the fastest choice. Makes sense. That's and then that's he proceeded to show a um, a Swarks hanging from a tree with what appears to be drop handlebars on the trail. So mm. you have to ride. This is actually a pretty cool thing. So not short track just got really exciting. So now there's the whole idea of you got to be using the same bike in the short track that you're using for the um, mm-hmm. the cross country the next day. If you're in the top 16 in short track, you're in the first two rows of the start. Yeah. How- so you know you're going to see Vanderpool just absolutely slaying it out there in the short track. How much is winning the whole the short shot? track win worth? So say like, say you know you don't have a chance in the in the cross country, even if you start in the first sixteen. But you're like, I bet I could finish top ten in the short track. Do you think it's worth showing up on a cross bike and then just limping yourself <laughs> around on that cross country race? You know, like, well, you got. Do you think? You could probably swap the bike out once you get into the wheel pit, maybe, right? Like, the, or no, you have to. No, you no. have to finish with the bike Same, you started yeah. on. You can just. I'm just one. But maybe they. Yeah. They can swap out handlebars. Maybe I'm just wondering how long before somebody is like, you know what? Oh. I'm not going to win one of these cross country events. I'm gonna. Tr- I'm gonna literally just. <laughs> my bike is all for the short track. You know. I've I've got it. Yeah. I've I've got it. This is a genius idea. I'm pretty sure nobody has thought of this before. So. Big uh, big teams uh, who do mountain bike races at World Cup level, uh, get at me if this idea is patented. That's what this means in a podcast. Um, if you Should say it we? out loud, <laughs> it's your property. Oh. No, it's your property. You own it. I'm sure no one else would come up with this idea. Yeah. No. If if you've got a handlebar choice that you need to make for for your cross-country uh, short track, you know, vice versa, whatever – why not just stack another handlebar on top of the handlebar that you already have <laughs> wow. on your bike? Wow. Uh, Spencer, how would that bravo. work, though, Spencer? Segway Sam is so proud of you right now. Thank you so much. Oh, Spencer. So this good. could be huge. This could be life-changing for these guys. So you're saying we should have almost two handlebars in one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you put the drop bars maybe around your flat bars so that you can race your regular flat bar bike. 
but also have the benefits of drop bars. Oh, Spencer, so well done. For our listeners that are unaware, we are talking about the brand new Canyon Gravel Bike, which, besides the cockpit, is a pretty darn good-looking bike if you take out the handlebars. But the handlebars are unique in that... They are they're like a biplane is how one of our listeners on the uh the Twitter account said it think of a biplane but with handlebars um or a clothes drying rack or multi-level or a, an excuse for uh DC Rainmaker to now test all 16 of his GPSs on one handlebar. These are all the suggestions that we got in from the uh Twitter account. Now crazy crazy things in there. Peter Osborne um or sorry uh, Kevin Bouchard Hall hits us up and says, "This is an opportunity for a double set of vertical bar ends." So oh. you know you could like they totally missed that opportunity. What is your initial thought on this um, this handlebar concoction that you know was all over the internet, Spencer? Um, my initial thought was that my photo on on Twitter on my phone just didn't load properly. Um, <laughs> And it was okay. glitching out a little bit, but once I refreshed and realized, no, that's how it was supposed to be, I I just felt like it was going to break. Okay. So so nah. you thought that maybe there was a mistake in your camera. Now, little guy, yeah. one of our listeners, Peter Osborne, goes on Twitter and said, uh, you know, your initial reaction was, LOL, little guy just threw up a little <laughs> bit in his mouth yeah. <laughs> upon seeing these handlebars from Canyon. What was your initial thought when you saw them? So Spencer thought they were a mistake, a glitch with his internet. Um, I was really confused. I had to look at the pictures for a really long time to fully understand what was happening. <laughs> um, it's kind of gross, but it's kind of interesting. I like, I, I kind of like it in a weird way. I don't want it in any way, but I do want to try it. Can I say there's two things that got me? One was how awesome would it be to not only bring a canyon into your local bike shop, but to bring the canyon into your local bike shop and ask them to tape those handlebars would be <laughs> awesome. Right? Well, like, especially if they have like a they have like a like, price like they're like it's fifteen dollars and we'll tape them, and you bring that in yeah. and you're like, gotcha. Yeah, and then get it all. The other part was um, I read that probably the best pictorial like review that i've saw that really gives a lot of the in-depth was the one on cycling tips so a lot of in you know classic photos that you really get to see and one of the things that is common sense to me when you look at the bars but i didn't think about it was that there's a there's a big sticker on the top level of the bar so we'll call that the upstairs of the bar i guess <laughs> let's do that yeah okay the, the upstairs let's. of the duplex the penthouse. Um, <laughs> that there yeah the penthouse thank you the penthouse level of the bars there's a sticker that's on the middle portion of it, and it says "Don't put weight here" because it's not, it, can, it can't withstand the amount of uh, force. So, like, they're saying if you're going to put your hands on the top of the on in the penthouse, right? Yeah. Don't put them in the, uh, you know, the middle. D- don't put them in the center of it because the bars are going to break. I don't know. It seemed a little strange to me that that, that was my yeah. That's kind of my gut reaction is. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of flex there without a stem holding that. But and that was together. kind of the idea. But like obviously, there's a spot with too much flex, which is weird because at some point you're going to put your hand there by accident. Is it just going to snap? So you void you the warranty think... by putting your hand there. They'll okay. know. They'll see your little grease hand on there, and they'll be like, mm, "Voided the warranty." All right. So this the handlebars are goofy, right? 
Yeah, there's a lot of other would, goofy on there too. Is is perhaps the goofiest thing that you could do with this bike is you keep the handlebars, but you swap out the fork for one of those Lauf forks. Oh, that's oh, got the weird. Uh, that'd be great. You know, so then you would have. Think of that front end. You would have the weird fork uh, stanchions or whatever they are that kind of have the external shock. I don't even know how to describe a Lauf fork. And then you have the biplane yeah. or the the duplex handlebars. Yeah. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Well, I like those. Good. Those laugh forks are uh, goofball. I saw one in the wild once, and I was really excited. Do you guys uh, want to know a fun fact about those forks? Yeah, fun fact. Yeah, company is based in Iceland. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, wow. No, that makes sense because so, when I remember first seeing pictures of them, it was like people riding on volcanoes and stuff. Uh-huh. Now, little guy, you are. Um, you're our resident goofball, right? Like, I, I think that's fair. Like, you're, okay. you're the resident that likes I goofiness this, on this in podcast. The nicest possible yeah, way. you just said Appreciate that, it. like, you like the loud forks because they're goofy. They're you saw one in the goofy. wild. You got really excited. I like linkage forks. Like, I like old school like, how do you, linkage sort of forks, and I, they look cool. How do you feel about this gravel bike from Canyon seeing those handlebars? Oh, is I it mean, goofy good, or is it goofy like, oh, God? I mean, uh, a little of both i don't know how to f- figure it out i really don't it it leaves me very confused like i said i kind of like it that it's so goofball and i would be super excited if i saw one at a, at a gravel race this year i'm gonna be like over the moon i'm i'm like normal gravel brakes are boring i'm i don't care about your disc brakes and your supposed large tire clearance and all of that jazz but i would be excited to see this thing well what alex the- oates oh sorry no go ahead I was going to say Alex Oates had the tweet of the week, and his was just, I'll take complicated solutions to problems already solved for 500, Alex, (laughs) in regards to this. uh, Canyon's a German company, right? I mean, it's basically a BMW, Volkswagen, Porsche, Mercedes. Like, it epitomizes German engineering as they overthought the hell out of these handlebars. Like... I think think we even got a tweet on that. Someone was like, yeah, of course it's a German bike or engineered out of a problem that didn't exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think the chances are that you see one of these at your next uh, Dirty Pecan or Doc Hollywood or uh, Almanzo or whatever? Well, I would start by asking, have you guys ever seen a canyon in real life? Yes, I've seen about four now down here in okay. Central Florida. Spencer, you seen a canyon? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one. I haven't been like in the road scene this heavily the last few years. Maybe they're out there, but... Um, so I, I think it's... Is very low. Okay. I don't know if I'd want to be the first person to show up with this bike. Like it's that goofy that like I couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, this is like this is definitely a like people are looking at this. This is a this isn't disc brakes, which is not going <laughs> which aren't going away. You know, like you're like, okay, that's that's a technology to stay. Yeah, you don't want to this set is this the trend. technology you're like, ooh, like this is worse than aero helmets, in my opinion. Like oh, I don't yeah. oh, like yeah. I could never wear an aero helmet, like and I won't. But this is Well what's What's I would wear an aero helmet if it was really cold. What's Canyon's return Just policy? Because if this doesn't work out, or the, you know, like what's the warranty on these bars? Well, I think you just take them <laughs> off. I don't know if you can. You Aren't can. they? Isn't there a special stem? Like, isn't that the whole the stem? It's an integrated and bars. It's an integrated. integrated stem and flat bar, and you just unclip the outside. But the one fork, and... the fork. No, if you read the article, where the fork. Like and the headset has a, di- a strange preloading system, and I don't know if that works with any mm. old stem. It's also it's also oh. a funny shape. The stem is a funny shape, so your bars can't swing around and hit your top tube. They only they don't move What's... as far as normal bars, so they don't do that. So like, 
I don't know if you could put a normal stem on there. I mean the ex- the amount of accessories you could put on the duplex on the in the penthouse level is, is second to none. Oh yeah. But guys, could we have used this bike when we were couriers? I mean, this could have been the place to put the um, you know the boxes and everything else. I mean, it's extra storage, maybe some letter carriers that hang yeah, off. You um, could have a, just a clipboard news, on the top one. I, I mean, the amount of the amount of handlebar bags that are going to be sold by Canyon. If Canyon has not gotten in the handlebar bag business, this is definitely it, their opportunity. It's but said um, the article they were partnering with, I don't know, Topeak or one of them companies let's get to into make it. specific bags for it. Let's get into a little bit more uh, journalism. It seems that uh, the fine folks at Cycling News and other websites of uh, of respute, if you will, have discovered the patent system and how okay. you can file patents for uh, items. So an item that recently came up that uh, someone went to the patent website and must have searched disc brakes on a bike mm-hmm. is that uh, Shimano has created, you know, a disc brake cover so you're not going to like yeah. uh, you know an aero disc brake cover you're not going to cut your arms off if there's a crash kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's a common sense patent you're like, "Oh yeah, they probably had it." But the one that caught the the attention of uh, the internet this morning mm-hmm. was Campagnolo Filing a patent for a 12-speed cassette Ooh, on July 6, 2017. Little guy, <laughs> how do you feel about Campagnolo with a 12-speed cassette? Uh, is it worth it? I guess the 1x12 is better than 1x11, right? I don't know. <laughs> how is that possible? I, how This chain is going to disappear soon. You have a little invisible I mean, Well, that's when you get to the there. chainless bikes that they Does have it, for sale at Interbike every year. Yeah. Do you mention it all? Like how astronomical the cost per like of a campy cassette. Oh yeah, one more baby is going to be like they're already like a thousand dollars, and if you add two, one or two more cogs yeah. to it, like titanium, I assume it goes up ten percent, right? Yeah. Like so, here's I've got a couple of other so Cycling News finds this article right, and they put it out there or finds the patent. It was filed on March twentieth, twenty seventeen. Why don't we, as the Slow Ride Pockets, let's just file the patent now for the 13-speed cassette, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we could figure it out later, right? Like the, the poor man's patent. When you file a patent. No, no, isn't it? And then, like, you file the patent, and then, like, Campy wants to do the 13, and then they got to pay us uh, money, and we'll be like, no, we're going to sell it to Rotor, and then we put them into a competition for our right to our patent, uh, and then all we ask for is like a group in exchange yeah. because it's going to equal the cost of what a 12-speed cassette is going to be <laughs> is what Spencer was getting. If, if, if that's how it works, we should just file for every number up to 100 and just sit back and just gravy train it for the rest of our lives here. Now I did talk about how my uh, I did get a cargo bike over the week, oh, as yeah. you guys know, and I and I was and I said it was like a one by eight. It's not a one by eight, but it tells you that my attention <laughs> to detail it? is so what amazing. Is it? It's a three by eight, um, okay. and it's not um, uh, super fast. It's a you know it's definitely a cargo bike racer, but um, ooh man, it's heavy. Okay, a couple of things here. First off, the wheelbase is really long. Yeah, it's a cargo bike to do that's, a that's to weird. do it to do a U turn on this bike. You gotta. It's almost to the point. You gotta do the three point turn. Are you surprised? About curb this? to curb. No, I'm just. I'm just letting okay. you guys know. There's no e assist. So far, you sound surprised. The amount about of people I thought you would have understood well, about a cargo bike going in to buy one. The amount of people that wave, yeah, is huge. The amount of people in cars love it, especially old time Jeeps. I got passed by a couple old Jeep Wranglers yeah. on the way home, and Jeep uh, Cherokees, like old like 80s version or early 90s SUVs. Yeah. 
they were loving it. Windows down, rolling it like that thing's awesome. Like really into the cargo bike. Utilitarian minded um, folks. Only uh, one guy rode by on his bike. He was actually past me in his um, hybrid with a, uh, a safety vest on. And he's like, man, I wish you could just put me in there and then <laughs> drive me around instead of me riding uh, my bike. You're going to get those jokes forever. I think I'm going to get a lot of those. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I can't wait to have little Highmar in this cargo bike. It's fantastic. Not E-Assist. Um, it's two Thank 20-inch God. wheels. Yuba Supermarche. It's uh, – Baller, especially here in Orlando, I I might need to swap out some of the components, get some mustache bars, put some campy on there. But other than that, it's a uh, it's a great. So bike. Wait, little disc brakes, <laughs> they stop so quickly. Hydraulic disc brakes, I have never stopped so quickly in my life. <laughs> little Heimar hasn't been in it yet. Um, uh, he's been in it, but okay. just up and down the sidewalk because I don't have a helmet for him yet. I've got a laser bob helmet coming yeah. for him, okay. and I. Just want to. I don't want the helmet Nazis to come after me, so I put them in there for about fifteen seconds, like literally, to see if the car seat fits in the um, the bucket. And then I've got to get a strap mechanism just to kind of strap it down a little. Um, Can I tell you something? But other than that, yeah. And then and then yeah, and then you had to go up and down the block just to see if he was going to be a good team sprint partner for the future. Yeah. He he's definitely going to be the lead out. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's in front of me. The question is, do I put the car seat facing me or facing forward? Um, both would fit. Yeah, I'd both work. So I'd say f- toward you first because I bet he's going to be like, yeah. "What's going on?" He's going to want to see his dad and not freak out. But if if it's anything like my setup, when uh, he had was in the car seat, he couldn't have his helmet on. So you're just going to have to go sans a helmet and do the helmet Nazi thing. Just deal with it. Well, we got the the bench seat, the combination that comes. So he's starting yeah. to get old enough where he can sit up. Yeah. But anyways, cargo bike corner is fantastic. I'll be putting more pictures out there. I love it. More people should have a cargo bike. Uh, fan of the podcast, uh, Kane, all the way out in San Jose, is also a huge uh, cargo bike nerd. He's the one that turned me on to uh, Yuba's in addition to Spencer, who let me know that they exist. So yeah, both those guys uh, let me know. <laughs> that so. was me. Um, so Camping Nolo, it's got a 12-speed uh, cassette. Uh, other news being sent to us. Um, Matt Watts hits us up. Rafa has introduced a new cargo bike short. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Where the It's almost to the level that we're getting close enough to April 1st that I'm starting to think April Fool's jokes are starting a little bit early for the bike industry because you know how they do this every year? Mm-hmm. This one is a mesh. They have like a mesh pocket on the outside of their bib shorts, and the um, the media photos are of bananas in the, uh, the pocket. So it's a banana holster. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh... Pretty gross. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, I, mean, I gagged a yeah. little. That that definitely would make me gag even worse than the uh, than the duplex handlebars. I gotta oh, say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want one the, of those the, bananas. The old... It's gonna be all sweated through and stuff. Um, Jonathan Crane hit us up uh, over the past week when we were talking about the Mountain Bike World Cup and the winner of the first series, uh, the fir- uh, first race that beat Nino Scherter, and that's Sam Gaze. And his uh, his comment on Twitter is very simple. Great episode this week, but I expected more in-depth analysis of Sam Gaze's frosted tips, of his frosted <laughs> tips in his hair. I did not know he had frosted tips. They were hidden behind that helmet. You didn't watch um, the finish after he pulls his helmet off and he's like laying on the ground and cramping I mean, and stuff and then he takes – No, well – I, I did an investigation after. Yeah. I know Spencer was going to investigate as well in depth. And 
guys, it, it's an impressive haircut. Um, uh, I'm sure Bling Matthews liked it, but I don't like it. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you don't think he has the male model skills of a uh, famous uh, domestique for United States Postal? One George Hincapi. What if Hincapi had frosted tips? That may have turned his career around. I bet if we search long enough, there's a picture of him with frosted tips. I mean, come on. Uh, possibly. I think Tim, if he would have done that, it would have. He would have started too late in the career, and it just would have uh, seemed like a, a desperate grasp. Mm-hmm. You know, back to his youth. <laughs> um, so you're saying some writers well, start doping late in their career, and some writers start frosting the tips. I think all of Mappy yeah. had their tips frosted together in 2001 hey, at some point. You know, speaking of uh, Mappy, it's Mappy, right? Like, I always, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that I team don't know name. Either. but It's Mappy for me. So, Mappy. Okay, Mappy. So I was in South Florida, like I said, <laughs> and I was. Uh, I, We're going to get so many emails. <laughs> it's Mappy, it's right? I don't know. That's how I said Whatever I said okay, was Ma-pay. wrong. I Anyways, so I was down in um, uh, Boca Raton at. This past weekend, I was riding up A1A, Beachfront uh, the only place you can go for a ride. The only place you can ride. You go up and down. I was putting in 50 miles, getting ready for Schwamigan in uh, September. Mm. And as I'm going, I passed no less than three Mapei kits out on the road. Dang. It's a high concentration. In addition, I saw a Colnago Mapei bicycle with the crimped top tubes and everything Mm. acting as the – service area gate at the racer's edge bike shop in Boca Raton. So what? I don't know if there's like a hive of Mape uh, business down there. I do seem to recall a Mape uh, factory, a tile grouting factory right off of 95, but uh, there, there seems to be a concentration on A1A of, of this team and the ubiquitous uh, tile um, jerseys. So just putting that out there. That's, that's cool. To know. Maybe, maybe some of our listeners uh, know some things about this. So, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about on this week's edition of the Slow Ride Podcast? Uh, yeah, no. I think we and can definitely that, do another hour or two on those handlebars. Uh, Hell, yeah. Easy. I mean, I'm going to, I'll be talking about it in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, so for any of our listeners, if you see some of these handlebars out in the oh, wild, God, get a please, photo, please, please, please email us and tweet us. You can email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com and tweet us at theslowridepod. We'll feature them. We also like to thank all of our listeners that have supported us every week on the Wide Angle Podium Network, as well as healthiq.com slash slowride. Find out how to save money on life insurance. And uh, with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt, Deep State, Allen in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you that uh, our theme song is done by BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment. Hey, thanks for reminding me. I almost forgot. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Did it, 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 did it,
boom, one hour. <laughs>